Augustine's Case for Righteous Persecution One thing that united nearly all early freethinkers was their consistent opposition to religious persecution or to any state interference in religious beliefs and practices that are peaceful. One notable exception was Thomas Hobbes, who wished the state to control religious practices. But those freethinkers who relied upon Hobbes' criticisms of the Bible and other matters relating to Christianity typically repudiated his political absolutism. Most freethinkers from the late 17th century through the 19th century were tireless advocates not merely of religious toleration, but of complete religious freedom, including freedom for Jews and atheists. Additionally, freethinkers in Catholic countries called for freedom for Protestants, while freethinkers in Protestant countries defended freedom for Catholics. The history of religious persecution in Christendom is complicated, but leading theologians, both Catholic and Protestant, Augustine, Aquinas, Luther, Calvin, etc., defended it passionately with extensive arguments. Thus, if we are to appreciate what the freethinkers were up against and how they crafted their pro-freedom arguments, we must know something about the arguments they sought to overthrow. The purpose of this essay, and the one to follow, is to sketch some of the main pro-persecution arguments. For more details, I recommend the excellent overview by Perez Zagorin, How the Idea of Religious Toleration Came to the West, Princeton University Press, 2005, and the magisterial two-volume work by the Catholic historian Joseph Leclerc, Toleration and the Reformation, Longman's English Translation, 1960. While Christians were a small minority in the Roman Empire and sporadic victims of state persecution, some leading Christian apologists defended religious freedom. One of the best was Tertullian, circa 145 to 225, a lawyer and former pagan who converted to Christianity late in life and who would himself be condemned as a heretic. Tertullian wrote, It is a fundamental human right, a privilege of nature, that every man should worship according to his own convictions. One man's religion neither harms nor helps another man. It is assuredly no part of religion, to which free will and not force should lead us. A later apologist, Lactantius, circa 240-320, argued that religious beliefs cannot be meritorious unless they are accepted freely, a theme that would reverberate for many centuries in the arguments for toleration. If you wish to defend religion by bloodshed and by tortures and by guilt, it will no longer be defended, but will be polluted and profaned. For nothing is so much a matter of free will as religion, in which, if the mind of the worshipper is disciplined to it, Religion is at once taken away and ceases to exist. Lactantius dismissed a rationale for persecution that, ironically, would later be used by Augustine to defend persecution by Christians. Perhaps the beneficiaries of persecution are the victims themselves. Perhaps Christians benefit in the long run when they are compelled to sacrifice to the pagan gods. The response of Lactantius to this, for their own good argument, was brief but suggestive. That is not a kindness which is done to one who refuses it. True concern for the welfare of others is never manifested in violence or threats of violence. Lactantius considered another justification for Roman persecution, that it served the pagan gods who rightfully demanded sacrifices as tokens of loyalty, gratitude, and esteem. Again, this argument, appropriately modified, would later become a mainstay of Christian persecutors, especially Calvinists. According to Lactantius, however, that is not a sacrifice which is extorted from a person against his will, unless the sacrifice is offered spontaneously and, from the soul, 
it is nothing more than a curse extracted by injuries, by prison, by tortures. Perhaps the most interesting argument by Lactantius is one that would be invoked repeatedly by later freethinkers. Suppose a god really does demand worship by violent means. Any such god, Lactantius retorted, would be unworthy of our worship. Cruel gods are doubtless worthy of the detestation of men, since libations are made to them with tears, with groaning, and with blood flowing from all the limbs. In 313, the Edict of Milan, issued jointly by Constantine and Licinius, established religious liberty as a fundamental principle of public law. Before long, however, the Emperor Constantine was bestowing special favors on the Christian Church. His Christian successors continued the policy until Theodosius revoked the Edict of Milan during his despotic reign, 379-395. to 395. 